The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. And today we're starting a powerful new series on the book, Discover the Power Within You by Eric Butterworth. Now, I've been prepping people for this um, opportunity, so hopefully you are ready by um, and you got your book and you're ready to do some serious study because we are going to go into this. We're going to work it out. We're going to make it um, do what it do. Now, before we go forward into the actual course, I want to let you know that you can also watch the live stream of Christ Universal Temple service every Sunday morning from 10:30 a.m. to 12 noon. Um, you can tune in and or log on, watch the Reverend Derek B. Wells as he presents a powerful new thought message. And also, if you are in the area, we would love to have you stop by. Uh, Reverend Wells and his staff, including me, will make sure that we take care of you. You'll feel right at home. You'll feel loved and supported. And most importantly, you'll get a message that can help transform your experience. Now, Discover the Power Within You by Eric Butterworth. Why did I pick this book? As you, If you've been listening to the series uh, of the last couple of shows, you know that I've been doing several series. I've, you know, I did it works if you work it with Reverend Coleman. That was a book I've done. Lessons in Truth. That was a book uh, I did. Every chapter uh, I just came out of doing Prosperity by Charles Fillmore, and 
I'm doing these books because I know that everyone doesn't have access to um, this type of material. I don't know where these um, podcasts will go. You know, people can download them later. They can listen to them live. And some people don't have access to New Thought Churches in that area. Some New Thought Churches I know are very small. And, you know, the pastors of these churches barely have the opportunity to do anything more right now than to teach and take preach on Sundays and take care of the basic administrative duties of their church or center. Therefore, if this can be in any way a help, if this can help people move along the pathway of their spiritual journey, then obviously I want to be a part of that um, of that possibility. Also, Discover the Power Within You particularly is what I call a top five book. It's one of those books that if you're a person who studies new thought, if you're a person who studies progressive Christianity or progressive theology in general, if you're a person who who is working um, with an alternative view of what it means to be a spiritual being or that which transcends um, what you can see, what you're, you can see or hear or smell or taste or touch, then this is a book for you. If you're a person that wants to evolve your your understanding of the mystical you, if this is uh, if if you want to understand how do we relate the new thought principles that uses its own unique language with the gospel, some new thought people run away from the Bible, even though basically everything that new thought teaches can be found in the Bible. Which is, you know, and if you go back and you read the Charles Fillmore's, the Myrtle Fillmore's, the Ernest Holmes, the Melinda and Nona, um, Melinda Kramer, Nona Brooks, or the Brooks sisters in general from Divine Science. If you go back and read Emma Curtis Hopkins, who taught all of, you know, most of the early New Thought leaders. If you go back to Christian Science and Mary Baker Eddy, if you go back to the, you know, Julius and Annette Dresser who were students of P.P. Quimby, who addressed religion only because it helped him while he dealt with his patients because he wasn't trying to build a religious movement. All of these folks used the teachings of Jesus. They believed that they rediscovered the healing methods of Jesus. They believed that they rediscovered the truth that Jesus stood for. So when Eric Butterworth wrote this masterpiece, he was leaning on the tradition of his faith. He was leaning on the understanding that if we can really get what Jesus was about and what he taught, that understanding could and can radically change our lives. Radically. Because if we can get what Jesus was saying, not just about Jesus, but about us, and really work with what Jesus taught about us, taught about God, taught about the universe, then not only can we transform our own lives, but we can create a world that works for everybody. You know, sometimes I believe that Jesus needs a press agent because he gets a lot of bad press because people who attach themselves to the term Christian do do many things that are not necessarily Christ-like language that's sometimes not Christ-like, intolerance, um, 
you know, sometimes things that come across as anger or vengeful, etc. And I'm not saying this for all Christians by no stretch of the imagination, but I am saying that when you see people uh, doing things in the name of Jesus or in the name of his teachings that are not consistent with what he taught, it makes you pause and say, wait a minute, what's going on here? Um, I wrote about this in New Thought Magazine. If you have the current edition of New Thought Magazine that's presented by the International New Thought Alliance, I was. Um, if you have it, take a look at it. I wrote an article called The Evolution of God Thought, New Thought. And I give the argument of why New Thought doesn't teach the old, the fundamentalist concepts of God and why we teach the new, uh, why do we teach God as principle and universal law and, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And if you don't have it, I would strongly suggest you order it. Uh, again, it's the uh, New Thought Magazine, and it's it's distributed by the International New Thought Alliance, and it's the current edition, and it's a three-page article, and I think it's some good work. I think you can get a lot of it. I think you can glean some truth and have some agreement with it, hopefully. But if not, it'll make you think. Anyway, so today we're going to talk about the great discovery. If you have the book, and I asked everyone in advance to get the book, and I realize you might not have the book right now, I'm going to suggest yet again, get the book. Why is it important to get the book? Because as you read and then as you also listen to the podcast and then God does the inner work in your own soul through your own contemplation, new revelations will come to your soul. Okay. Because I'm not the teacher. I'm the facilitator. I'm the person that's saying, wake up and I'm pointing you back to the truth within you because that was, that's the job of any minister to point you back to the truth that's in you, not in the words that Galen McDowell is speaking or any other minister, but the truth that is in you. So today we're going to do the great discovery. Next week, the great decision. The week after that, Jesus's unique concept of God. So we're going to teach it chapter by chapter. Now, I'm not dealing with the prologue or the uh, first chapter, the eternal quest, because they're short. And I don't feel as though they really add value to what I'm doing. Not that they don't add value to the book. They don't add value to what I'm doing. So I'm going to start off on page six on in the version I have. I don't know. You know, everybody has different pages, different um, different copies. You know, when the book was published, you know, the version I have is the 1989 version. So anyway, so on page six, it it. The, the, it starts off talking about the great discovery, talking about Jesus as a boy and Jesus being born and what the gospel stories talk about him as a child, etc. But then on page seven, he, uh, it gets to a point where it talks about Jesus contemplating. And obviously he is imagining what could have happened to to that that allowed Jesus to transcend from being a, uh, a little Jewish boy in Palestine to the realization that he was the self-expression of God and not just him, but every person. Mr. Uh, Butterworth said, Reverend Butterworth says it this way, and then one day it happened. And to the consciousness of this thoughtful lad came an idea so great that he probably didn't catch his full implications at first. It was the concept leading to the full realization of his unity with God. The philosopher, Fitchy, once said that an insight 
into the absolute unity of man with the divine is the profoundest knowledge that man can attain. It was this, but it was more. It was the great discovery of the world within the breaking down of the middle wall of partition between man and God. That was the beginning of the age of the Christ, the divinity of man. Up to this point, man had existed in the consciousness of separation from God. He could pray to God. He could talk to God and receive help and guidance from him. But God always was out there and man was down here. Now, Jesus knew. Now, Jesus knew what the psalmist had implied when he said, be still and know that I am God. Psalm 46:10. Now he knew himself to be an expression of God or the activity of God, life and intelligence pressing itself into visibility. Now he knew that the kingdom of God, the wealth of the universe was within the depth potential within him. Now, this is powerful because what Eric Butterworth is saying is so important. I don't want you all to miss this. Traditionally, Jesus has always been taught as God becoming man. And what Eric Butterworth is saying is man becomes God. Now, what's the difference in this? See, see, one of the reasons why people don't necessarily believe, they read it, but they don't believe what is attributed to Jesus in the Gospel of John when he says, these works I do, you can do an even greater works of these because I go unto my Father. We read it. We don't believe it. We read it. We don't believe it. Why don't we believe it? Because we've been taught that Jesus was divine by origin, which all people are, but God in a God or the son of God actually coming down, taking on a human form for about 30 years or so, and then going back to his original state without a body. So if you believe that Jesus started off in a way differently than you, even through the birth narratives of Jesus coming here, uh, having no father and, you know, and, you know, the Holy spirit impregnating a, a little girl and she, you know, it, you know, in, and this is no disrespect. I'm just using it as a point of emphasis and, and some religion, religious background, they call Mary, the mother of God. So, so, Jesus went from being a human being who discovered the truth about who who he was in God to being God all by himself in expression. So if you think that Jesus is different from you in nature, then you can't necessarily believe that you can do what he did. See, this is this is see, that's sort of It would be, you know, uh, uh, George Lamza, uh, who was an Aramaic Bible expert, um, once told Dr. Rocco Errico something. And Rocco um, told this story on one of his um, tapes. He said, if Jesus was different than any other human being in nature, this is my paraphrase, 
if Jesus was different than any other human being in nature, yet was telling us that he could do, we could do the things he did and to follow his teachings the way he taught them would be the same as a duck going to chickens trying to teach them how to swim like a duck. Now, I will hope you get this. A duck is built for swimming. Chickens aren't. Uh, ducks can fly. Chickens can't. Ducks have webbed feet. Chickens don't. So the moment you start to think, how can I follow this when I'm not like him? Automatically disqualifies it in consciousness because whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. So the question is, do you think that Jesus is the duck telling you, the chicken, how, or better yet, the turkey, how to swim? It doesn't make sense. So what Eric Butterworth is saying is Jesus discovered the truth about him. Jesus uncovered the truth about himself. Jesus had a revelation and a realization of the truth within him. That is a game changer because what it's saying is this. You can have a revelation and a realization about the truth in you. And Mr. Butterworth wrote it this way. Now he knew himself to be an expression of God or the activity of God life and intelligence pressing itself into visibility. Now he knew that the kingdom of God, the wealth of the universe was within the depth potential within him. Notice he said depth potential is in there. The wealth of the universe is in you. The kingdom of God is within you. The all possibility is within you. Like ragu sauce is in there. But you have to bring it into visibility. You have to press it out. You have to press it out. Now, if you have any questions, because we're coming up close to our first break, you can call the station at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. Also, remember that this station is supported by your donations, and that you have freely received, freely give. Support Unity by clicking on the Donate button so they can continue this live stream to you, so they can continue supporting people all over the world. We don't know where these messages go, not just my show, but all of the shows. Literally, these shows are lifelines to people. And as you give, you will get back what you have given 
but only pressed down, shaking together, and running over. So we're going to take our first break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. We'd like to take a moment to encourage you, as part of our Unity Online radio family of listeners, to support this ministry through a love offering. For your convenience, you can make one-time or recurring monthly donations. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for your support. Are you feeling trapped by a situation you can't control? Don't know where to find help? Do you wonder if help even exists? It does, and it's always been there for you, hidden inside the ancient New Testament story of Lazarus. Unity Books invites you to unlock the secrets to peace and healing in The Lazarus Blueprint, new from best-selling authors Mary Alice and Richard Jafola. Marvel as they unveil six steps for overcoming seemingly impossible situations. Read about people like you who've used the steps to triumph over personal illness, financial hardship, and even the loss of a loved one. The Lazarus Blueprint offers a fresh new approach for fixing anything in your life. With steps so universal, timeless, and powerful, they can work for everyone. Make it your turning point. Get The Lazarus Blueprint today, online at unitybooks.org. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and we are beginning a new series on the book, Discover the Power Within You by Eric Butterworth. And I'm teaching out of the chapter, The Great Discovery. We'll be teaching the book chapter by chapter and by the end of this particular series, I hope that you have a completely new understanding of what Jesus and you are about. Now, moving on. On page eight, 
Butterworth says, Jesus was not a worker of magic, a performer of feats of the miraculous. He was essentially a teacher. True, he demonstrated unusual power over the elements, but he explained that this was an evidence of the power that comes to any man when he makes the discovery in himself of the great within. Jesus's goal was to help everyone, you and me, to understand the great potential within the Adam man and to help us make the breakthrough for ourselves. His entire teaching, shorn of the theological embellishments that have been added, is a simple outline of techniques by which we can release our own innate potential and be transformed by the power of our own divinity. Now, I love that because he says the potential is true for the Adam man. Now, that's a generic term that is used to mean every human being. The Adam man is every person. Every person is the Adam man because Adam really literally just means human being or the man, et cetera. Not necessarily male. It just means human beings. So it's important to understand that when he says shorn of theological embellishments, that means that what people have placed on Jesus's message in the last almost 2,000 years. If we can get beyond what we think we're reading. See, one of the things that makes it sometimes challenging is the Western mind is very literal. Whereas the Middle Eastern and, and, and Far East minds, when they write, they write very poetical. And they have a lot of metaphors in their writings, even scriptures. Some things that were never even intended to be taken literally, we take literally. But also the the principles are hidden in the message. So what ends up happening is we're not realizing that everybody that was writing on the teachings of Jesus, even in the Gospels, were not always writing stories based upon what actually happened factually, where if CNN had a camera person and a reporter there, they will report exact. this is what exactly happened. They were teaching principles, or they were teaching their own theological point of view of Jesus. The Gospels, the four Gospels are theological points of view about Jesus. They're not biographies. Let me repeat that. The Gospels are not biographies of Jesus. They are what I like to call Faith portraits. That they're they're portraits of a particular community's concept of Jesus and his message. What New Thought tries to do, or attempts to do, is to go beyond, or go within the portrait, and get the essence of the principle out of it. Okay, so so you want to get right to the core. Of what the teaching is about. That's key. The, the, right When you get to the core of what the teachings were, were about. Jesus' teachings. And are about. Is that God. And we'll deal with this more. When we deal with the Jesus unique concept of God. What did Jesus teach about God? And what did Jesus teach about humanity? Now. And not what his disciples taught. Not what etc. But the words that are attributed to him, how do we work with those? 
See, one of the things that happens with a religious leader is over time, they go from being a, a great teacher and leader, healer, whatever, to to being separated from the rest of humanity. You know, we, we like to elevate people and demote ourselves. So we elevated Jesus and demoted ourselves. But I believe you don't have to promote you don't have to demote yourself to promote Jesus. You you do not have to demote yourself to promote Jesus. You don't have to be a, a miserable sinner, and we'll deal with that because it's a chapter on there called in this book called From Miserable Sinners to Masters. I'm gonna have a great time with that chapter. You don't have to demote yourself to promote Jesus. You don't have to make yourself you know, lower than low and, 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 and so ragged that, that, you know, Jesus, you know, has to go through this excruciating, painful death just to make you, uh, redeemable for God. That's man's concept. And we'll deal with that when we get there because it's a whole backstory to that that I even Butterworth gets into that I'm going to bring to the table. That's not a part of the book. That's why it's important for you to read the book so you can get some of the good stuff that I'm adding to it along with Butterworth and then what God, then what God gives you. Now, moving on. Butterworth says on page eight, he said, talking about Jesus, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, Shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto the Father, John fourteen twelve. In other words, if you have faith in the God potential locked within the Adam man, which is yourself, as I have faith in that power within me, then you will do all I have done and more, because I have made the great discovery. Discovery. See, the greatest discovery that you can ever make is Discovering the God in you. Now, that's one level of the discovery. Then it's the God through you. That's another level of the discovery. Then there's the God as you. Then now you're cooking with gas. Now you're cooking with gas because we don't have God in us like a raisin is in a bun. Because sometimes, you know, God's in me. We think it's a there's a there's a Galen McDowell and then there's a God in Galen McDowell. Or our producer Jeff. There's a you never hear Jeff, but there's a God, there's Jeff, and then there's God in Jeff. No such thing. No such thing. There's only God expressing as a Galen McDowell. There's God expressing as a Jeff. There's a God expressing as whoever you want to whatever. That doesn't mean just because it's God expressing as that we're expressing this potential at any level of uh, any level that is even close to Jesus right now. But the difference between Jesus and the rest of humanity isn't nature. It's consciousness. What Jesus understood about himself, what he discovered about himself, what he realized about himself allowed him to be who he is. We have to make the same discovery and we have to make the same realization 
or we have to have the same realization. Only then can we really claim that. Mr. Uh, Mr. Butterworth says it this way. He says, this basic principle, the divinity of man, is the dyna- dynamism, dynamism excuse me, of the Christianity that can save the world and lead mankind to a new level of peace on earth and goodwill toward men. He moves on to say, on page 9, Jesus discovered his own divinity, his unique relationship with the infinite. He discovered that through faith he could open doors into the inexhaustible mind of God, finding renewed creativity, a flow of powerful ideas, a perception beyond the comprehension of the Adam man of his day or ours. And yet, he realized that this is a universe of law and order. He knew, as no other man had, that what God has done, God can do. That what was true of him must be potentially true of all men or people. So Jesus discovered this truth within him, but then also realized that if, if God is really no respecter of person, that what's potentially true for one is potentially true for all. If it's ever been done, it can be done again. If any human being has ever done something, it can be done again. I just want that to be, now, you know, you know, one of the things we love to say is there'll never be another right, and there'll never be another Michael Jordan. But that doesn't mean that somebody might not come along and transcend Michael Jordan, because people say there'll never be another Dr. J. There'll never be a Magic Johnson. There'll never be a person who plays exactly like Michael Jordan. Absolutely. But to say that, you know, for instance, that he'll be the best basketball player for all time. Now, he's the best basketball player I've seen in, in my lifetime. You know, and we've seen some good ones, including ones that are playing now, the LeBron James and the Kobe Bryant and whatever. And, so, you know, and people have various opinions about those players in relation to Michael Jordan. And they have a right to their opinions. The point that I'm trying to make is this. We can't say that somebody will always be the best no matter what. Because what one has done, if it's ever been demonstrated by a human being, it can another human being can go beyond it. It can be duplicated and enhanced. That needs to be understood. This is why religion at times... Oh, I don't even want to say this, but it's coming up, so I have to say it. I don't have to say it. I'm going to say it. This is why at times religion hinders growth when taught too literally. Because it's stuck. It can get stuck in an era and time where people thought a certain type of way. And if technology can progress and philosophy can progress and education can progress, then religion has to progress. If not, it gets stuck in the error and it's trying to force people to live in the dominant thinking that created that religion. But it has to evolve. That's why I wrote that article, The Evolution of God Thought in New Thought Magazine. Because it has to evolve. Not God. Consciousness. So I can't look at the Bible the same way my grandparents looked at the Bible. And not unless I don't want to evolve. I can't even look at new thought the same way the person who trained me, the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, looked at new thought. 
obviously I stand on the fundamentals that she taught and because they're solid and they work. But I can't look at it the same way. And I don't expect you to look at it the same way I'm teaching it. Reverend Coleman would tell us, you take what I'm giving you and put it with what God already gave you. See, in martial arts, there's a saying. The greatest master is the one who produces the most masters. You're not here to just be a student of the game of life. You're here to be a master in the game called life. So how do you master a thing? By working with it, understanding the fundamentals, understanding the principles, and you take it beyond. It was Einstein's student who created the alternative current, you know, uh, or direct current. I can't remember. I believe it was alternative current. But anyway, the point of it is this. Einstein was doing it one way. Einstein, excuse me, Thomas Edison. I apologize. Thomas Edison was doing things one way. But his student looked at it again. Edison had the initial breakthrough. Without his breakthrough, the other person might not have had been able to enhance Edison's work. So it is your job to take what you've discovered as a tradition, honor it, love it, but also discard what is no longer needed. Add to it what is needed and recreate it consistently going forward. Understanding that you don't change the principles per se. Principles that govern the universe are what they are. But as you evolve, you should be looking at things differently. If you are still working with the understanding that you had 30 years ago, where where's the evolution? Where's the growth? That's like me walking around with a rotary phone on my hip instead of an iPhone. Can you imagine somebody walking around with a rotary phone on their hip talking about I'm not going to use a mobile phone? I'm obviously with a long wire around my house because uh, obviously I couldn't go anywhere with that rotary phone. These are the things that I want you to think about. You have to evolve. Mr. Fillmore said it this way. Butterworth quotes Fillmore, um, Charles Fillmore, on page nine. Fillmore says he was more than Jesus of Nazareth, more than any other man who ever lived on earth. He was more than a man as we understand the appellation in this everyday use because there came into his manhood a factor to which most men are strangers. This factor was the Christ consciousness. The unfoldment of this consciousness by Jesus made him God incarnate because Christ is the mind of God individualized. We cannot separate Jesus Christ from God or tell where man leaves off and God begins in him. To say that we are men as Jesus was a man is not exactly true because he dropped that personal consciousness by which we separate ourselves from our true God self. He became consciously one with the absolute principle of being. He proved in his resurrection and ascension that he had no consciousness separate from that being. Therefore, he was this being to all its intents and purpose. Yet, 
he attained no more than what is expected of every one of us. Mm. Let that sit in. So what separated Jesus was Christ consciousness from every other person. And I don't want to even say every other person because, you know, every there have been many powerful spiritual leaders throughout the years. What the Christian world tries to do is try to say, well, Jesus is the one, the one, no one else like him. I can't say that. I can only go by what's documented. That's all I can say. What I also can say is this. When it says he dropped the personal consciousness by which we separate ourselves from our true God self, that's it in a nutshell. He separated he re- he released that sense of I'm Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph and Mary, and became Jesus the Christ, realizing that God was his father. Now, we got to take our last break. You can give me a call at 888-558-6489. We're taking our last break. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Where will summer take you? To exotic islands? The big city? This summer, Unity Books invites you to travel within on a journey of self-discovery. It's our first online book club, the Summer of Self-Discovery Reading Series. We've selected three inspiring titles to help you discover who you really are and what you truly want from life. Join us this June through August for book discussions and free author webcasts. Visit unitybooks.org slash summer to see our book picks and to reserve your spot for the webcasts. Join the Summer Book Club today. Visit unitybooks.org slash summer. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. We're teaching, or I'm teaching, Discover the Power Within You by Eric Butterworth. This is a classic New Thought book. If you ever want to ever wanted to understand really how new thought works with the gospel of Jesus, you'll see that everything walks lock and step. This book will help you really understand 
the teachings of Jesus. Now, on page 11, we're going to skip to page 11. Uh, we He deals with the most common scripture that is quoted by Christians. He says, the verse of scripture most commonly uttered by Christian preachers has been John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have eternal life. This has been cited as positive proof of the divinity of Jesus and of his special dispensation as the son of God. However, note how this takes on new meaning when we see it through the perception of Meister Eckhart, one of the great mystics of the Middle Ages. He says that God never beget but one son, but the eternal is ever forever begetting the only begotten. The only begotten is spiritual man, the Christ principle, the principle of the divinity of man. The only begotten son is that which is begotten only of God. There is an all of us that is begotten of many sources. I'm not going to even get into that. But anyway, so Butterworth's position and the New Thought position has been the only begotten son of God is the Christ idea or the Christ principle or your own inner divinity. The I am in you is the only begotten. But I want to take this a little bit deeper than, than maybe the information that Butterworth had it uh access to in the late 50s early 60s when he when the, I'm sure he was preparing and then presented this book in actually 1968 in the greek the term only begotten isn't there the word begotten is not actually in any of the original greek manuscripts of the bible it was added by a writer, a translator in the, into the Latin, and it has stuck as tradition. Um, only son is normally how many of the modern translations say. It didn't say beget. Okay, just only son. Um, in Aramaic, Dr. Rocco Erico says the term uh, I don't want to mispronounce it because I know how to say it but it, just because I know how to say it, it it'll come across improperly on on this show so I'll just say that in Aramaic it means uniquely beloved the term begotten isn't there it was added to emphasize Jesus's divinity now why is this important because we have to realize that, again, the Bible, and especially the Gospels, present a faith portrait of Jesus. So people loosely use words and translate it and add it here, there, whatever, to make sure that they emphasize the points that they wanted to emphasize about Jesus. So recognize that it, whether you use the term only begotten or only son or uniquely beloved or whatever term or translation you use. That is not talking about just Jesus. John 3.16 is talking about the, the true you. Now, you have to believe 
on the son of God that you are. And son has nothing to do with gender. The son of God is God's idea of itself. I want you to get that. The son of God is God's idea of itself. Metaphysically, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit is mind, idea, expression. The one mind, original mind, the universal intelligence, divine mind, ideates itself or 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 creates an idea that is the that is the composite of its goodness. That's you. How that goodness is expressed. Expression. We call the Holy Spirit, which is the activity of God or the whole spirit of God in action. So when you say the Holy Spirit is moving in the place, that's the activity of God. Now, moving along, he says, bottom of page nine, but John 3.16 is saying, God's love is so great, his wisdom so infinite that he has given unto man that which is pure and perfect, that which is only begotten of him. No matter what a man may experience, he is, after all, a child of God, and he will. And he always has within himself the infinite potential of the Christ. Whoever believes this about himself really believes that he is the inlet and may become the outlet of all there is in God will not die, but will have everlasting life. Now, again, everlasting life, by the way, let me just also add is a term used in the gospel of John to mean the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven. It's, it's just it's, it's just another way of saying the same thing. I'm not going to get into great detail of that. You can do some research on that on your own. If you want to do that, I would suggest a book uh, titled uh, uh, Speaking Christian by Marcus Borg. Speaking Christian by Marcus Borg. And he gives a great detail about the term eternal life and salvation and all that other terms we use. Are you saved and all of that type of stuff? Uh, and where and what did it really mean? Original, what did it originally mean and how? What's it used in the context of biblical times and how we use it now, which many times is warped. Anyway, Mr. Butterworth goes on to say this is not a proof of Jesus's divinity. It is rather a restatement of his discovery of the divinity of man, which he proved. He discovered that in himself, which was begotten only of God. And he believed it so completely that that even death and a tomb could not hold him. All right. Moving on. He says, Ralph Waldo Emerson says, all alone in history, he estimates the greatness of man. Talking about Jesus. One man was true to what is in me and you. He saw that God incarnates himself in man and even more goes forth anew to take possession of the world. That's beautiful. What's great in you. We have a tendency in church to, to, to talk about, preach about, teach, sing. What's good in Jesus? Never in ourselves. You can lift him up. But while you're lifting up Jesus, lift up yourself. You know, I love gospel music. But I also realize that a lot of music is, it has been created to promote Jesus and demote ourselves. So I don't sing anything that devalues me. Ever. Why? 
because it's important. Because when you sing stuff, you feel it. It becomes it's vibrational. It's, it's cellular. You know, it gets in there. Music does something different. Music is very organic, you know. It becomes a part of who you are. So if you're reinforcing the lie, then then you have to get more of that. Realize that right here and right now, anytime you are promoting someone else and demoting yourself, Realize that you can't see divinity in somebody else if that divinity is not in you. You can't see something. You can't recognize that which you don't understand. You can't. There's no such thing as recognizing something you don't understand. I use this example all the time. If a person came to you and was using profane language in Mandarin and you didn't know Mandarin, you would sit there and smile and, and as long as their facial and expression wasn't threatening, you would think they were just saying words to you because you don't understand Mandarin. You don't understand that they're saying things to you that's inappropriate. Well, you can't recognize good and beauty and love and joy and harmony and prosperity if at some level it's not a part of who you already are. Last point. He talks about Jesus and the word. And on page 12, he says, in the beginning was the word and the words with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. This is from the first chapter, first verses of the gospel of John. He says, confusing Jesus and the Christ, confusing the aspiring man with the principle by which he conquered. Theologians have assumed that John refers to Jesus when he uses the word, the Greek word logos. The word as used here means divine divine mind in action the divine archetypal idea of perfect man now here's the key christ is not a person it is not jesus christ is a degree of stature that jesus attained but a degree of potential stature that dwells in every man christ is not a name christ is a title Christ is the is the God idea that you really are. Now, I'm not saying go around and start telling people you're the Christ because that might get you put in jail because people don't understand what that means. But you have to be able to separate it in your mind that the Christ is the principle. Jesus was the expression of the principle. Jesus Christ is the full expression of the principle. So, so Jesus is the understanding of the principle. Christ is the principle. Jesus is the understanding of the principle. And Jesus Christ is the expression or the full expression of the principle. That's how you teach it. Jesus is the understanding of the principle. Christ is the principle. Jesus Christ is the full expression of the principle or the understanding uh, or the, or yeah, the manifestation of the principle. So when you understand the principle, that's you being Jesus. When you fully demonstrate the principle, that's you being Jesus Christ. Not Jesus of history. I'm talking about metaphysics. That's the difference. Well, we're it's about time to close, and obviously we have uh, we've covered 
some some good material today. I hope that it's been beneficial to you. Uh, make sure you get the book. Order the book. Find it online. See if it's a free version. Do something. But get the book. No excuses. Get the book. Study it along with me. Next week, we're going to do the great decision. And as we work through this book, you're going to discover a lot of truth about yourself and others. God bless you. And we'll be back with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Are you ready for the next steps on your spiritual path? If you are, you won't want to miss The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. Essential insights and practices from the ancient yoga science of self-realization show us how to live healthier, happier, more balanced lives. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and realize your infinite potential, tune in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. If you are able to safely turn your attention away from the demands of your activities, quiet your mind and affirm, There is a divine plan at work in my life. I now relax, let go, and let it unfold. Listen attentively, inwardly, without projecting any thoughts about what you think should happen or be experienced. Become as a child. Trusting and receptive to the guidance of spirit within. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. Reverend Paulette's mantra is, It's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened.
Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Rev. Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the stillness. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw. And on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts. 